and welcome back to another episode of Sports Ball Go and Puck. That's right, we can't forget about hockey. Thank you, Brian. As always, ladies and gentlemen, I am your host, Julian Mall. Thank you again for joining us on another beautiful Monday night, January 24th, approximately 9.45 p.m., Gonna go around the tables real quick, check in with everybody, see how everybody, see how their weeks were. Kyle, how was your week? Uh, it was a good week. Uh, it's cold outside though, so it's not cool. looking forward to the walk back tonight. But I'm here. No school tomorrow till two p.m. Yeah, that's that's good news. Brian I know and Julian have a futon in their room that you could probably use. Yeah, just sleep on our futon. Listen, listen I need my own home sweet home dorm room. So all right, all right, fair we're enough. happy. Brian, how's the cold been bothering you? Uh, well, I just got done with my shift with uh, SESU Athletics. That St. John's game turned really dirty at the end, so it dragged on a lot. Uh, saw a kid get folded in half into the boards right in front of the penalty box. So that was fun, uh, but certainly interesting. Uh, got my payday, and I left with tears frozen on my face from uh, walking back up to Shoemaker. So, But besides that, my week has been pretty good. Going to be really busy this week with uh, KVSC stuff, so I'm really excited about that. Uh, and then I just finished up a little bit with HP, and I figured out uh, through HP that uh, that's, that's Husky Productions, Husky Productions award-winning Husky Productions, and anything that I say about it is just because I'm not a behind-the-camera kind of guy. So, like, if you're interested in it, if you're like a potential St. Cloud State student, do not take what I say seriously. This is just me. Don't take anything Brian says on the show yeah, seriously. I mean, in all honesty, don't take anything I say on the show seriously. But uh, if the UMD series uh, gets picked up, they're going to split it into two games. February 8th and February 22nd, they will be on an NCHC stream, and it will be tape delayed by 30 minutes on Fox 9+. Plus. But I have a class on Tuesday night, so that's going to be really awesome to decide with uh, Derek and uh, Jim. So that's going to be great. Well, let's hope Derek and Jim make the right decision for your future education. The right decision would be letting me take Jim's class on Tuesday night because I, I don't want to miss that class. I agree with that. So we'll see. But besides that, I'm doing pretty well. Uh it's NODAC week. That's why I'm wearing a Huskies hat. Yeah. So excited. It's NODAC week. Scored uh, 19 goals this weekend. Yeah, and we dropped down in the polls, so that's always fun. How? Um, uh, but uh, I think St. Cloud needs a sweep this weekend, and that's my piece. I know we'll talk about pr- probably college hockey next week and not this week. So For sure. It's on, it, it's on the uh, clipboard for discussions next week, I'll <laughs> yeah. tell you that much. <laughs> and welcoming Alex. He was here last week, but now he's got his own equipment. Alex, wow. say hi to you. Equipmunk. Equipmunk. <laughs> so i got to pay you for this stuff, don't I? Oh, yeah, you do. <laughs> <laughs> Alex, why don't you say hi to everybody at home with your new microphone? Hi, boys uh, and girls and non-gender on binary. Yeah, non-binary. I don't. I don't. I'm not familiar. I went to a Catholic school in high hey, school. You're on radio, so you better start learning. Yeah, I'll learn all this. But yeah, as I'm having a great week. You know, I'm busy with KV again this week too. I got two basketball games Tuesday, Thursday, and then doing some stuff for the big radio station this weekend as SESU women's hockey plays some Wisconsin. Yeah. And, who, and who are you going to do the Saturday game with, Alex? Doing the Saturday game with the man to my right here, Brian Mose. It'll be a fun one here. Wonderful. On KV, well, there on KVSC 88.1 FM. Yep. But yeah, I'm having a fun. I'm having a fun weekend. Boy, it was a week for football, too, might I add, as well. Oh, it was, and we're going to talk about it. Obviously, we talk about all I watched every here. second of the game. I watched every single second of every game. Do <laughs> not fe- let these guys fell asleep in the second half of the Chiefs-Bills game. Brian, you were passed out on the couch fake. during the Bills game. No, I kid fake you not. News. I kid you not. You were asleep, and then, like, that last five I, minutes of that fourth quarter happened. Me and Julian were I jumping were, around trying not oh, to wake you up. No, we were we were loud, dude. I screamed at you, why are you sleeping? Your mom called you, like, in the third quarter, and we were just like, should we wake him up? And he's like, no. I know. I, I yelled at you. I was like, Brian, your mom called you. You better wake up. 
I'm sure she was calling you about the game. I know you two watch a lot of football together. Yeah. I, I wish I would have told you guys before I passed out. Oh, that, I, you guys I, that you guys should have woke me up. So that's I was on me. thinking about it, but, you know, uh, Sunday morning or, or, yeah, Sunday morning we had a uh, 7 nice, a.m. Fire alarm. nice wake up call. Somebody decided to burn that some sucked. popcorn. So we had a 7 a.m. fire alarm go off. And uh, <laughs> Kyle's just looking at us because he looks oh, yeah, like, it, it, that's, I, that's Kate. I, I myself dealt with a 3.30 in the morning yeah. fire alarm a couple days before. So Man, it, it must be nice to live in Mitchell, isn't it? Yeah, Kyle? it's great I, over my there. My biggest thing from it was who's making popcorn at 7 a.m. in the morning. The only reason I thought of this is because when you step into the lobby at our dorm hall, you could smell burnt popcorn it's just who in their right mind makes I, popcorn at 7 a.m i consider just standing in the lobby and waiting waiting it out because there was no fire it was luckily we were only outside for fire. About 10 minutes and actually it was the warmest day from last week so well started off a- warm, agonizing agonizing minutes. agonizing 10 minutes i was out there for cold. an agonizing 30 in shorts and sandals anyways we got Whatever. five different sections for today's show obviously we have our three periods but before we start the periods we're going to have a nice pre-game Actually, we have six different parts. We got three periods, and we got technically a pregame intermission and then a little overtime or a postgame show for you guys. Starting off today with some news and game recaps, Buffalo Bills offensive coordinator Brian Dable is getting a second interview for the vacant New York Giants head coaching job, even before some candidates had their first interview. Giants confirmed that Dable will meet tomorrow with co-owners John Mara and Steve Tisch and a new G and their new GM Joe Schoen. Schoen was hired hours after former Bill, oh, former Bills GM assistant was hired by New York to replace Dave Gettleman. Dallas defensive coordinator Dan Quinn was also scheduled to be interviewed today. Negotiators for the lockout baseball players and management have met in person for the first time since December 1st, the day before the start of the sport's first work stoppage since 1995. Players Association planned to make a counteroffer to management 11 days after the club gave gave the union a proposal when the snail pace negotiations resumed following a 42-day break. There is dwindling time to reach an agreement in before spring training is scheduled to start on February 16th and possibly even before the opening day on March 31st is slowly uh, being threatened. In college basketball news, Auburn climbed past Gonzaga into number one spot atop the AP men's top 10 list poll for the first time ever. The Tigers beat Kentucky over the weekend for their 15th consecutive win. The Bulldogs dropped to number two with 15 first place votes. Arizona remained third and earned the number one number one vote. Baylor rebounded from consecutive losses while ranked number one to beat West Virginia and Oklahoma and climbed back into fourth place. Big 12 Kansas, Big 12 rival Kansas, was right behind in fifth after a pair of heart-stopping wins. Purdue fell two spots to sixth after losing to Indiana. Houston and UCLA are tied for number seven with Duke and Michigan State rounding into the top ten. That's all for news. And next we're going to go into some recaps from the week with NFL, NBA, and NHL. First on the NFL chopping block, Chiefs beat the Bills in a thriller in OT 42-36. to Rams top off the Buccaneers 30-27. to The 49ers eliminate the Packers from the postseason with a 13-10 to victory. And the Bengals... Seeming to stay hot, beating the Titans 19-16. to All four of us will touch on this in our first period of the show as well. Hopping into NBA, the Timberwolves beat the Nets 136-125. to 
The Milwaukee Bucks take down the Kings 133 to 127. In the Hawks starting to get warm, beating the Heat 110 to 108. And in a surprising head scratcher, the Warriors fall in overtime to the Pacers 121 to 117. In NHL news, over the weekend, the Wild swept the Blackhawks 4-3 and 5-1. The Devils beat the Hurricanes 7-1. Earlier in the week, the Coyotes beat the Devils 4-1. And hold on. Is this, is this accurate? I guess it's accurate. Looks like Tuesday night, the Flames beat the Panthers 5-1. Uh, I guess the Panthers might have had a little bit of a dry spell. Uh, but with that, we're going to wrap up the interesting week that we've had with some sports scores, and we're going to take it into our first period. There it is, the goal horn. Let's take it into period number one, the breakdown. For today's first period, the breakdown, something we've done before in the past. Uh, each one of us is going to go around the table, and we're going to talk about a NFL uh, divisional matchups. We had two in the NFC, two in the AFC. First off, I'm going to be talking about Titans-Bengals, and boy, this was lackluster. Seemed both teams wanted to give the AFC Championship game to another. Joe Mixon had the only rushing touchdown, only touchdown for Cincinnati and 54 rushing yards. Burrow, on the other hand, couldn't hit anybody in the red zone. 348 yards, no touchdowns, and an interception. On the other side of the ball, Derrick Henry, the king, was back in the lineup, but seemed he was stripped of his crown. Only had one touchdown, 62 rushing yards. And the main rusher for Tennessee was Dante Foreman with 66 yards. But Ryan Tannehill was no help on that side of the ball either and really uh, kind of kept the Titans out of the game. He had 222 yards, one touchdown, and three whopping interceptions, one of those which happened with about 33 seconds left. Titans were marching down the field, had two timeouts, about 20 yards to gain for a field goal, and they had about 30 seconds left on the clock. Tannehill steps up into the pocket, fires into double coverage on a 10-yard curl route. Ball is tipped, intercepted. Bengals go the other way, and uh, Joe Burrow hits Jamar Chase for the connection on about a 25, 30-yard gain. Bengals, or, you know, I'm not even calling them Bungles anymore. They're the Cincinnati Bengals. I'll give them their name. Bengals are in field goal range, and Evan McPherson came onto the field to kick the game winner. And Joe Burrow and Evan McPherson had quite an interesting altercation before Evan McPherson uh, side to Joe Burrow. Well, I guess we're going to the AFC Championship. And with that, the Bengals did are going to the NFC Championship. Evan McPherson hits his AFC fourth, Championship. AFC Championship. Thank you, Alex. No Evan McPherson hits his fourth field goal for the day, a 52-yard game winner. He was 4-for-4 four four on field goals and 1-for-1 one one on PATs with 13 total points for the Bengals, coming from one leg. He also put 214 total yards on his kicks. And I got to say, I know we didn't discuss having a player of the game. You guys can think about it if you want to when you're talking. Evan McPherson's my player of the game, dude. You get He's put up more points. He, he put up almost all the points the Titans put up himself. As, as honestly, it was a game that was just to the point where I couldn't care less, and I was sad that I had to watch it. And honestly, I wish I, I – we all decided, all right, cool, let's pick. We have four games, and there's four of us. Who wants to do what game? And I, I got to tell you, I'm going to throw it over to Alex now because Alex had the game I should have picked. I think all of us should have picked. But uh, what a game that was. Alex, you want to talk about it? Oh, my gosh. Uh, yeah, that uh, the game he's talking about, of course, is the Bills versus Chiefs game that happened last night. It was 
a fever dream from start to finish, or at least the second half was a fever dream. The first the first half, I mean, it was 14-14 to 14 going into the halftime. Harrison Butker missed a field goal at the end of the first half to keep it 14-14. to 14, But, boy, both teams scored – well, let's see. The, it was 36-36 going into overtime because the Chiefs ended up winning that game 42-36 in overtime. So – we're going to get into it in a little bit here. You said last night that this might be the new Manning versus um, Brady type situation, and it, I, I'm going to say that it probably is. I mean, Josh Allen, 27 to 37, 329 yards, four touchdowns. Might, might I add you? Let me pull up the box score here real quick. All of those touch, pa- passing touchdowns were to the same wide receiver as well. I don't, I don't know. His first name is Davis something. He had 208 yards, eight receptions, and four touchdowns by the end of the game. It was Gabriel Davis. Yeah, Gabriel, Gabriel Davis. Davis. Thank Davis. you, Brian. He had an unreal game. I, I, saw, I follow Freezing Colt takes on Twitter. He's probably one of my favorite takes of all time. And I saw some NFL draft analysts because Gabriel Davis came out of UCF. He was a very, very good uh, wide receiver there under, co- under head coach Scott Frost, who is the head coach of Nebraska. Mm, there you go. But um, – Oh, hold so, on. Just to pause you right there. Uh, whenever we start video, I'm putting it out there now, there will be a whiteboard behind us on a wall that will have a title, Alex mentioning Nebraska. Either that Day, or... Days without mentioning Nebraska. Most likely that whiteboard will always and forever say zero. Uh, Alex, sorry, continue. Either that or we'll have a graphics card that has a counter. <laughs> yeah, that too. But getting, But getting back to the to the tweet that I saw, he said, okay, wow, the UC- I don't remember who it was from, but UCF get or the UCF wide receiver, oh my goodness, the Bills got a good UCF wide receiver just for Josh Allen to overthrow him by 40 yards every single pass attempt, which, I mean, Josh Allen might be one of the hardest throwing quarterbacks in the NFL. We saw that with a bunch of those late drive touchdowns that he threw yesterday. Just uh, absolute beams. Yeah, there were, what, 259 yards in like the last minute, minute and a half 50 of a yeah, minute, 50 seconds left in the game. And, of course, you know, Patrick Mahomes doing what he usually does. He went off yesterday as well. I'm trying to get the thing again here. I keep clicking onto the wrong documents. 33 of 44 for 378 yards, three touchdowns through the game winner to Travis Kelsey. But I think if there's something that we can all agree with here is that NFL overtime has to be the worst thing in every single, like, major sport. So We'll get into that later. We'll get into that as well. Yeah, but it, it, it's, it's just a, tra- it is, it's a it travesty. It's a travesty that Josh Allen didn't get to touch that ball again. But, yeah, it was probably the best game of that divisional round weekend. But I think that Brian also had a really, really good game as well with that Rams-Buccaneers lineup, so I'll send it back to him. Yeah, so uh, my my game that I uh, analyzed was the Rams and the Bucks. Main reason why I did that is because uh, I thought it was going to be Bills Rams Super Bowl. The NFC half of that agenda and that narrative is still alive and well. Um, I mean, a- as much as you know, like sort of overtime stuff, and this might be burying the lead a little bit here, but you know, I hope that Josh Allen would have gotten another chance at it. It, it still kind of feels like if you're playing Patrick Mahomes in Kansas City, and this is a bit of uh, hindsight is twenty twenty recency bias, but it's just so tough to beat Patrick Mahomes at home. So the Bills, the Bills side of that narrative is dead, and and I, I'm comfortable with it. I've, I've said my goodbyes. I've gone to the casket. You know, I, I've come at peace with it. Uh, but in terms of Rams Bucks, uh, this was a game where I I wrote early. Uh, I wrote in a document called Rams versus Bucks subpar analysis. Uh, and one of my first points was Stafford might have to throw for four hundred plus yards today if the Rams want to win this one. And while that didn't end up coming to fruition, he threw for 366 yards. Pretty, pretty damn good, I would say. Uh, in terms of player of the game, uh, I got to go with Matt Stafford on that one. I know Cup had a big day, but I hate to be like this, but 
Cup, he had some good you know moments in the open field, but if people are going to say that, oh, the last offensive play for the Rams, uh, excuse me, you know, was Cooper Cup's shining moment. I think that's more of a Stafford moment than anything else. That was a complete lapse in defensive coverage, and Stafford put that ball right in the breadbasket. Um, Stafford had a wonderful, wonderful day. Second half wasn't as good as the first half, but nobody on the Rams was playing that well in the second half. The Rams were able to close it out. Uh, Brady has now been beat in the divisional round. I think that's only won a few times. I'm pretty sure the Ravens did it a couple times. The most recent sort of shocking loss, I guess, that you could think of in terms of an early round exit uh, was against the Titans three years ago. So that's two times in three years that Brady has exited, quote-unquote, early, depending that was, on... That was the last game he played for the Patriots, too. Yeah, right? He ended so like a pick six, if I remember correctly. Yeah, so depending on how you want to see it, if you're like me, it's not a surprising early early ending, but you know, for betting favorites or people who follow kind of the Tom Brady narrative um, or just... I shouldn't say Tom Brady narrative, but there's a narrative that, you know, when Tom Brady's in the playoffs, he's the favorite. He's still the GOAT, though. Yeah, and, and I'm not trying to take anything away from him, but two of the last three years, those have been early exits for Brady and the teams that he's played for maybe is a better term for it because it's not really always his fault <laughs> that his teams lose uh, in the playoffs. So uh, he didn't have a fantastic day. Uh, I mean, he threw the ball 54 times. Uh, those are Ben Roethlisberger-type numbers in terms of attempts right there. But uh, he, he zipped the ball a lot better than Ben Roethlisberger ever has, ever could, or ever will. Uh, not great. 329 yards on 54 attempts, 6 yards per attempt. That's not fantastic. Uh, but Brady was having a really tough time with something that he's not usually accustomed to struggling with, and that's zone defense. The Rams were giving Brady a lot of zone looks, and the reason why it worked so well is because the Rams' pass rush was getting home. When you take a look at the difference in how the Rams' zone defense uh, was successful against Brady versus like when the Steelers played the Patriots in the AFC Championship nearly every year and they would play zone, they would never goddamn learn to not play zone against Tom Brady. That's because their pass rush wasn't good enough. Maybe it's different if they had T.J. Watt back then. Maybe zone coverage would have worked against Brady, but it didn't. Uh, Brady needs to have pressure come up at him from the middle if you want to throw him off, and that's what Aaron Donald does. Floyd and Miller coming in from the sides doesn't help either. The Rams executed a perfect game plan in the first half, tapered off in the second half with really dumb mistakes, shooting themselves in the foot with fumbles. Uh, thank goodness that Cam Akers is still alive and well. <laughs> I, I was very surprised that he did not get chewed out. And uh, on the sideline there, I, I'm sure he got a talking to, but I think the Rams were calm even after all the distress that happened uh, in the fourth quarter. And uh, they got the three points that matters most. The uh, the Buccaneers got 14 points in the fourth quarter, and it wasn't enough. Uh, the Rams were able to squeak out a win. And I've got the Rams not only playing a home game in the NFC Championship against the 49ers, but in my opinion, they're, they're going to have home field advantage throughout the rest of the playoffs and play the Super Bowl uh, at home. So that's a huge win for the Rams. They got over their toughest competition in terms of talent. Now, the 49ers are nothing to slouch at, but I think the Rams feel pretty good heading back home uh, to SoFi Stadium, even though, depending on how uh, ticket sales go, it might they, not really be that much of a home game. <laughs> they uh, changed that on Ticketmaster, by the way, I should add. Yeah. yeah they took out, They took away, like, the you can't buy it as long as you're not in, like, the yeah. area type thing. They took that down. I, I knew that that was a thing. I didn't know it got taken down. Yeah, it, like, I, I was looking at Twitter, and it was, like, trending, and, like, Ticketmaster yeah. itself put it out saying that they weren't going to do it anymore. So. Yeah. Yeah, so that might be a home game for the 49ers. So uh, who knows? Fun little thing with all four games this weekend. Three of them were one-off last-minute field goals, and yeah. the fourth one was one-off of, obviously, a game-ending touchdown. All of them were walk-off wins. As that is, Kyle, would you like to go over the last walk-off 
W from um, this weekend. I, mean, I, I was a little disappointed because I thought we were going to say best for last, and this certainly isn't best for last. Oh, I thought yeah. it was a great game. I think it was an amazing Everybody game. that's not a Packers fan thought it was yeah, a If great you're game. a Packers hater, this is a fantastic game for you. I, that is something I am not. I'm a big, I'm, I shouldn't say I'm a big Packers fan. I'm a Packers fan. I'm not... Some of the reactions I've seen on Twitter. And Kyle's got a cheese head in his in, closet. In Instagram. I have a cheese head at home. Yeah, I do. <laughs> <laughs> and some of the reactions I've seen, I have nowhere of extreme of reaction. I even told the boys, I laughed after it was over because I thought it was hilarious. But as for the uh, as for how the game started, uh, the game started, it looked like the Packers were going to steamroll. They, went, they rolled down the field on their first drive. Uh, the 49ers were giving them a lot of zone looks. Uh, and... Basically, Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams picked them apart, so they put up an early seven. Um, There's a three and out uh, afterwards with the with the Niners, and it, it really looked bad at that point. Um, the 49ers looked uh, in a little bit of a disarray, uh, and the Packers started driving in and before a fumble, and like kind of just like that, the whole momentum shift uh, happened for the game. Uh, Packers never really got the momentum back. Uh, Mason Crosby had a field goal blocked uh, right before halftime. Uh, and speaking of special teams blocks, the Niners uh, tied the game at 10, uh, with a blocked punt, I believe, uh, on Corey Bohorquez, uh back at the Packers around 20. They uh, bring it back for seven, uh, and Lambo was completely deflated after that. Uh, it was dead silent. It's probably the quietest I've ever seen Lambo. Uh, maybe since that uh, Giants divisional game, however many years ago. You think Alex Rodriguez accidentally cheered? <laughs> he he might have. There's <laughs> he a thought something exciting happened. Ryan is referencing a picture of Alex Rodriguez. Uh, Timberwolves sitting. owner Alex Rodriguez wearing a Packers hat. Baseball. Uh, he's sitting there with Ridiculous. a mopey face, looking all cold in Lambo. Ridiculous. What? Yeah, he wants he's to move the. Owner? He wants to move the team. Yeah, he's gonna move the team. Uh, that shows how big of an NBA guy that I am. I'm I mean, it's mainly Mark Lore. It's just a Rod buying on his behalf. Whatever. Sorry, Kyle. No, it's all it's all good. Um, so I think one takeaway to take from this game: both defenses were absolutely fantastic. Um, the Packers defense a little bit more so, and that might sound weird for someone who didn't watch the game that the Packers defense was better and they lost. Um. Maybe that's not maybe that's not a fair point, but um, Jimmy Garoppolo was awful. Uh, Jimmy, Gar- I I was talking to Jules earlier today. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo in the playoffs, he has a four and one record, but he's thrown two touchdowns and five interceptions, uh, and it showed. Uh, he threw an interception uh, in the Packers red zone uh, at one point during the game. Uh, and as for uh, as for the Packers, uh, good defensive looks, lots of pressure. 49ers also bring pressure against Rodgers. Uh, but for what this means for the Niners going forward, uh, the Niners defense and special teams, like I said. They they played strong uh, against a good offense in the Packers. I expect them to play strong again. Uh, they're not going to get the same result. The weather will be warming, warm, warming, warmer, warming, uh, and they're going to have, like Brian said, probably some home fans there. Yeah. Um. But if if the Niners really want to pull off another upset against the Rams, Jimmy Garoppolo needs to be better, and he not he needs to stop tunnel visioning, tunnel visioning, on Debo Samuel. Uh, Debo Samuel was absolutely shut down by the Packers offense until the last drive. Uh, you need to get George Kittle involved. I know he had a big drop earlier in the game that would have been like a 40-yard gain, but it's George Kittle. He's one of the best tight ends, uh, maybe even the best tight end in the NFL right now. Uh, even Brandon Ayuk, uh, he showed glimpses of being a solid player. Uh, I know he had a slow start this season, but they need to get everyone involved. Elijah Mitchell was okay. He had a nice day. I think he had around 70 rushing yards. Um I don't know. I don't really have anything else to add. If I if I was gonna say what's next for the Packers going forward, it's a complete mess. There's salary I cap issues. I got a issues. question for you. What's up, Alex? Has Aaron Rodgers played his last game as a Packer? I think I think we need time to wait. Um, he went off on a little bit of a tangent today uh, with some political things that I don't want to get into on the show. Yeah. Um, it's just Aaron Rodgers. Listen, the Packers play Aaron Rodgers to play football. 
Um, and if you're listening to Aaron Rodgers for health advice, political advice, um, just don't. You're listening to a football player at the end of the day. What are you doing? Throw Rogan. <laughs> Breitbart star. So um, I, I don't know if I have anything else to add for a player of the game. I I'm probably give it to the whole – I don't know. I'm not going to give a player of the game. I'm going to give players that, like, ruined the game was the whole Packers special team unit. They cost the Packers the game. Let's just flat out what it is. Um, I hate to take this away from the 49ers. The 49ers really didn't win. The Packers just lost. If anything, the 49ers defense won that game. Or special teams defense, whatever you want to call it. But yeah. there were there were some Chicago Bell sleeper cell agents on that Packers special teams. I I can't I don't even know how to describe it. It was crazy what was going yeah, on. Yeah, I guess yeah. If I'm gonna quickly tack onto that, if if you want to look at some terrible special teams plays, there's stuff floating around Twitter of the Packers lining up with ten guys on the Robbie Gold's game-winning field goal. I think the field goal block is worse. The field goal block is really bad. There's about like three missed blocking assignments on a field goal, which is insane. Now, to, think to about. be fair, whoever it was on the Niners who did this play, I can't remember what it was, but the reason why that got disrupted is because there were th- so there. I'm talking about the three outside guys. So yep. there's one big boy, one medium-sized boy, and one little lanky gunner. The big boy, in uh, in the furthest in between those guys. So uh, one of the Packers uh, blockers on special teams is trying to block two guys with both hands. He chops the other hand, which lets the guy walk inside free. And then the guy who the other blocker, who's the only other lone blocker, is looks frozen. He looks like he's not doing anything because he doesn't know who to block. And, you know, uh, in terms of special teams, you know, like fundamentals, I've heard that you always go for the inside guy outside of the outside guy. He looked like he just got lost in the moment. So whoever that 49ers player is uh, – Congrats to them because they did the right thing by chopping that one guy's hand and completely freezing up a professional grown man football player on what his assignment should have been. That's crazy. That's wild. Uh, Honestly, a crazy divisional weekend. All yeah. in all, we have some upsets. Absolutely. It's going to suck because the two the, upsets, the three games, three the championships, and the Super Bowl are not going to be nowhere near as good as, as this weekend. Like, oh, it's going to. There's gonna, no it's chance. Gonna, there's it, no chance. This is the peak. It, it really, really will be. And honestly, football, hopefully we'll end on a great note with a good Super Bowl this year. I guess we'll have to see how it goes. That sound, we're going to go into... Copyright reasons, you have to stop. Yep. Uh, anyways, let's go into end of the first period. Let's go into a little bit of an intermission. We're going to bring back some money lines, some bets. We're not going to go as extent as we normally have in the past. This week, we're going to keep it short. We're going to keep it brief as it is an intermission. So we're going to go off two games. We have the AFC Championship, Bengals at Chiefs, and the NFC Championship, 49ers at Rams. I'm going to wrangle off the bets, and then I want to hear each one of you say your piece and be done. AFC Championship, the over-under is 54 points, again, between the Bengals and Chiefs. The spread is Chiefs by negative 7. And the obscure bet... More passing yards, Mahomes or Burrow? Kyle, what do you got for all three? Um, last time the Bengals and Chiefs played, it was an absolute score fest, so I think the over is – I don't want to say safe. I hate saying safe when we do betting odds, but I'm feeling the over on this one. I don't know. Maybe that's wrong, but I feel like that's the logical. Uh, the Chiefs at minus seven. Uh, yeah, I think I'll take that. Um, I I see the Chiefs winning this game. I don't think they slip up in Ar- at Arrowhead. Like Brian said, it's Patrick Mahomes in Kansas City. It, it kind of feels invincible at some at some point. Uh, and for obscure bet, uh, man, I don't know. It's a tough one. I'm gonna say Burrow. It's just Burrow. I I, tr- I for some reason it just it feels like the wrong answer. So I feel like it's gonna just be right this time. Do you think Clyde Edwards-Helaire ends up having a good day then? No. 
I don't. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> I don't. I think I. Uh, the other LSU guy. I guess my defendable logic for this one is maybe the Chiefs defense will have a better day. Some some turnovers. Uh, we all know about the Bengals offensive line. There might be a fumble issue. Uh, some rush passes. So yeah, that's that's my logic. I don't know. All right, well, let's see it happen, Brian. What do you got? Uh, before I make this bet, I'm just going to take a look at if this guy is going to play next week. Uh, that being Chris Jones. Uh, yes, he will play next week. All right, so that's easy uh, under because the Bengals are not going to score that much with that much pressure oh. from the Chiefs. I got to be honest with you. I know that the Chiefs are not a great defense. I totally get that, and the Bengals are going to put up some points but I feel like the Chiefs are going to have an explosive start to this game. I think the Bengals are going to have a tough time adjusting to a lot of like up-front pressure from the Chiefs' front four. That Bengals' offensive line was eaten alive last week against the Titans, and the, t- and the Chiefs are nowhere near the Titans in terms of front four presence, in terms of rushing the passer. Jeffrey Simmons is nice, and Chris Jones is nice too, but maybe not as nice as Jeffrey Simmons. So I got under just because I feel like this is going to be like a 30-10 to 10 type game. Not that it's going to be a huge blow up. I think the Chiefs start fast and then kind of cool off. Uh, and with that, uh, good teams win and great teams cover. So I got the Chiefs uh, covering the touchdown spreader, touchdown and an extra point, whatever your forte is in terms of uh, semantics on touchdowns. Uh, and then more passing yards, Mahomes or Burrow. I got Mahomes. Um, I think the I think the Bengals are going to want to try and establish the run to start I, I, as a road team. If you can establish the run, I feel like you're in a good spot. So regardless of whether that whether or not that happens, that takes attempts away from Joe Burrow. So that's my reasoning. Probably going to be tremendously wrong, but uh, that's what I envision the AFC Championship game going to be. And you know, and I hate to use the stock market term because I don't like the stock market. But I feel like after a divisional weekend, the NFL is going to correct itself this weekend. I think we're going to have a couple of duds uh, in the championship game. So that's uh, that's my two cents. Let's see it happen. Alex, you scoffed at what Brian had to say. What do you got to say? Um, well, let's see. Over under for this game. It's supposed to be 49 degrees in Kansas City on Sunday, I should add. So no, no weather conditions affecting, affecting that game at all. I'm going to keep in mind that the Bengals were still able to beat the Chiefs in Week 17 this year all, once already. Like, not that that's going to have an effect at all. I mean, the Bengals. I mean, the Chiefs didn't have Travis Kelsey that game either, which is a which is a big thing for the Chiefs' offense, might I add. So, I will take the over on that game as well, just because I feel like Joe Burrow is just going to throw to Jamar Chase about 12 times this game, and Jamar is going to have like 120 yards receiving or something. But. I know earlier I said that the Bengals are going to beat the Chiefs. I had I had the Bengals beating the Titans last week, and some, and people laughed at me, even on sidelines when I did that with you. And I'm laughing at you now, and it's still it was correct, but I'm still laughing at you. Yeah, yeah. I'm sorry, Alex. I was wrong. Yeah, and I'm gonna stick with my guns, and the Bengals are going to beat the Chiefs on Sunday, and they're going to go to the Super Bowl. You stick with that. And uh, what is it? Obscure bet. Yeah, Mahomes or Burrow. Oh, gosh. I wonder what he's going to Somebody's got to make a playoff where it's a Burrow. I know I say Bo Juro, okay. but somebody's got to make something better. Joe Shiesty. Um I'm going gonna, gonna to say Mahomes has more passing yards because he's got more weapons. So I got, Mah- I got, I got over on 54, Bengals winning. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Well, I mean, it does make sense that he does more weapons. I just – Jamar Chase is like two you weapons. Got, of you got Jamar Chase. Uh, arguably, the Chiefs have or the Chiefs. They have sorry. the best tight end in the NFL. Arguably they have Tyreek Hill. The Bengals have the uh, best. Hey, this is a great debate topic. We should save for we'll some other it, time. We definitely yeah. will. But arguably, the Bengals have the best top three wide receivers on a lineup. Not saying the best three Ta- wide. We're receivers. We're talking Boyd Higgins and Jamar Chase, right? 
Yeah. We're talking Boyd, Higgins, and Jamar Chase, yes. Mm. I just, I don't want to. I don't know how you could just flat out say the Chiefs. I'm not saying the Chiefs are not talented. They are extremely talented. They've got They're the best tight end in the NFL. Diggs, Davis, and and uh, unfortunately Beasley are pretty damn good, too. So that's fair that's enough. Debatable. But sorry, go back to it. Mahomes or Burrow? I, I got Mahomes with more yeah, passing. I got more, Mahomes with more passing yards. Jamar Chase, or not Jamar Chase, Joe Burrow with more touchdown passes. Okay, perfect. I'm going to keep it simple, keep it sweet. I got the over. Uh, I've never truly, I don't think any of us have really ever hit spots on betting odds, but I'm going to go over. And as uh, Brian always likes to say, what is it? Great teams. Uh, uh, well, it's not my line. Good it's teams win, stolen. great teams cover. Yeah, it's yeah, stolen. There you go. So I got obviously Chiefs by the touchdown, an extra point. And, uh, God, this is obscure, but honestly, I'm going to go with Mahomes just just because he's slung in the ball last weekend. Slung in the ball. Slung in the ball. Past term of slang. Add that one to the the adjectives list that I'm going to use this week. Slung in the ball. Olivia Savar just slung that one. (laughs) 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 All right, NFC Championship. We got 49ers, Rams, over-under of 46.5 points, spread of Rams by 3.5, obscure bet. Uh, more forced turnovers, Rams or Niners. Now, before I want to hear the spread, keep in mind that last year and this year, the spread given to the home team, which is the Rams in this case, is still only one point. So Vegas odd makers are thinking that this game, without giving the Rams one and a half points to start the game, or sorry, the Niners one and a half points to start the game, the difference in this game they think is going to be two, which I think is ridiculous. It's not. It's no longer three points awarded to the home team anymore. Home team, home field advantage is basically gone in Vegas betting odds. Oh, okay. I didn't so know that. I I, it's they they give home teams a negative one to start, and then they build from there. Okay. So with that, uh, I, I got to hear Brian. What do you got for all of this? Uh, I'll take the over on this just because I think the Rams' uh, offense is going to have some fireworks. Not necessarily that. Um, I mean, not necessarily that like it's going to be a crazy scoring output, but I think the Niners will also put up some touchdowns. I think Debo will either have a short passing touchdown or a rushing touchdown. I wouldn't be surprised if Mitchell hits the end zone uh, once. Uh, in terms of spread, I got the Rams covering at three and a half. Uh, and then more first forced turnovers. I think Niners just because I feel like the – the Niners on offense aren't going to cause a lot of turnovers. Their their game is very much just right in front of them. A lot of run, uh, a lot of disguised run, zone read run, or not zone read, excuse me, zone running scheme. Jimmy Garoppolo is not doing read options. <laughs> My apologies for the slip up there. And uh, I, the Rams take a lot more chances, I guess, per se, so I wouldn't be surprised if Stafford throws one or maybe even two picks, but I don't think it'll matter. Um, I think the Rams have a good game plan heading into this weekend. Maybe that's putting too much faith into them, but I think I think they'll be fine. Um, it's not going to be like a dominant win by any means, but I, th- I, I see this one being like a Rams win in terms of maybe like the 30 to 20 range. Obviously not exactly 30 to 20, but something like that. Uh, so I wouldn't be surprised if the Rams win either 30 to 20 or like 31 to 17. You know, who knows? So I, I got the Rams in this one. So just to reiterate, over – cover for the Rams, and then Niners force more turnovers. Alex, what do you got? I'm 
I'm going to say something right now. So the Ram, the Rams lost to the Niners already once this year, 31 to 10. That was November 15th. That was before the Niners even decided to really use Debo Samuel as what Brian says is basically a glorified running back at this point. I That was just me being spiteful. <laughs> Debo is a wonderful football player. He is a great football player. So over under, I'm going to I'm going to st- stick with the over on that one as well. I feel like Stafford will sl- I'm going to s- I feel like Stafford's going to sling the ball very very well. Nobody in this room agrees with me right now, but you know what? That's okay. I agree with you. No, I, uh, Brian agrees with you. The two that are in my peripheral vision are just looking at me very weirdly right now, which is Julian to my left and Kyle to my right. But spread, I'm gonna I'm gonna take Rams three and a half as well, and then more first more forced, excuse me, turnovers, Rams or Niners. I just don't know how playoff Jimmy Garoppolo does against this secondary of the Rams that has the resurgence of Eric Weddle. <laughs> Jalen Ramsey and a bunch of other players. Von Miller, who looked phenomenal last week, I should say myself. Leonard Floyd, Aaron Leonard Donald. Floyd, Aaron Donald. But I will say, Von Miller, thank you for everything you did with the Broncos, real quick. Ram- Rams are all in this year in terms yeah, of poker. No they have no draft picks this year. Oh, no. They, no they're. Fuck them draft picks. <laughs> the Rams are playing poker. They've got the best, uh, best straight face in the they're game. And all they're in all right in now. right now. Yeah, so I'm going to go with Rams for more first ton- forced turnovers. I'm going to have the Rams with two interceptions and a fumble recovery, so three, and then, then they, the Niners get a Stafford interception for one, so three to one on the turnover ratio. Kyle, what do you got? Uh, yeah, I'm hammering the under on this one. I'm so confident about this. <laughs> I saw one of the worst playoff on- offenses perform last week against the Packers. Snow <laughs> game, too, though. And as much as I love the Packers – you do, re- you do realize that the game that they most recently played, which was in, what, week 17 L- or week L- 18, L- it was L- 27 L- to 24. Listen, listen. And the 49ers defense, they got healthier. And contrary to popular belief, they're actually a better pass defense. They rank sixth in pass defense and seventh in rush defense, which, I mean, that's apples to oranges I at mean, that point. Th- the huge thing is just their pass rush is so yeah, good. Yeah. Yeah. That pass rush Agreed. is insane. And Matthew Stafford had a little bit of a tendency this year to throw interceptions. So I, I don't see a lot of scoring in this game. I honestly don't. I, the warmer weather will help, but G- at the end of the day, Jimmy Garoppolo blows, uh, and Matthew Stafford will, turns the ball over, and that's going to take points off the boards. Uh, Better quarterback for the Jimmy spread. Uh, I still think the Rams win this game. I, I Stafford can throw five interceptions, and I'd still think they'd win. I don't. I I, I don't see a world where the Forty Nine ers are putting up a lot of You're points. You're that confident? Absolutely. And the, my for the obscure bet more first tr- forced turnovers. Uh, I. I honestly don't know. I, I might push this one. I'll just push it. There's going to be a lot of turnovers in this game. All right. Uh, I'm with you on the under. I'm not hammering it. I'll go under, though. I think we saw a 49ers team that can't score on offense in the playoffs. Jimmy Garoppolo is 4-1 and one in the playoffs, and he's got little to no touchdowns and lots of turnovers. Uh, I am going to go with the Rams, though, of the spread of 3.5. I think they'll def- I think they're going to definitely win this game probably by a touchdown or so. Uh, and more forced turnovers. Uh, I think we saw a Rams offense that let up uh, five or six total turnovers and interceptions and forced and fumbles last week. Maybe I think maybe there was, was five. I think there was four fumbles yeah, and one interception. Fumbles, yeah. um, so yeah, did not have in turn of seeing this Niners defense play so well, I think I'm going to say the Niners force some more turnovers. Uh, I think it'll be uh, upwards of three, three or more. Uh, I do believe that Jimmy Garoppolo will still turn over the ball. Uh, but I believe uh, Niners will figure out how to keep getting the ball back from the Rams' offense. Okay. Uh, so we got some interesting AFC, NFC uh, championship games going on this next weekend. And uh, obviously we'll keep everybody in the loop of what happens. Obviously you'll know 
fly before you listen to our show, but we'll still talk about it, and we'll still have fun with it. And that's the goal horde sound ending intermission. We're going to go into period number two. Very simple. We're going to use our hockey terms on, the sh- on our show like we love to because we don't forget about hockey. Uh, pass or shoot, pretty much a hot or cold segment. I'm going to go around the room, and we get uh, two takes on the table. Everybody's going to have 60 seconds uh, to say their piece about the take, and uh, then we'll have a minute and a half for everybody to talk about it at the end of each take. Uh in order for the first uh, take, we are going to go with Kyle, then Alex, and then Brian. And once Brian says his piece, uh, the three here will have 30 seconds, or sorry, 90 seconds, uh, excuse me, to talk about their piece. So first up on the board, I think something that we all need and want to talk about uh, is... The NFL overtime rules are worse than all of the MLB rule changes from 2021. So extra inning, uh, extra base runners, uh, and uh, what was the what was the other one we brought up earlier today, Kyle? Of the another rule change added um, for the MLB. A little bit of an asterisk for the uh, expanded playoffs. It's still something that MLB oh. is pushing for. So yeah. okay, it's not in implemented yet, but it's something that MLB wants. Okay, so uh, uh, out of all the MLB. MLB rule changes is NFL overtime rules still worse or not uh Kyle are you shooting that one or are you passing it I'm passing this one I'm a big baseball guy and I know the NFL overtime thing sucks especially like with a big playoff game like that you know probably the best matchup we could have hoped for and it sucks because like oh the the ball got taken out of Josh Allen's hands or whatnot but the baseball rules um they've been terrible I I the extra inning uh, runner rule, it, it's terrible. It makes games, like uh, extra inning games, just feel terrible. Uh, a good pitching performance in the ninth inning can be completely ruined just by uh, advancing two runners in uh, just like a blue base hit or something like that. Uh, and as for the expanded playoff format, uh, that is terrible. Expanded playoffs are uh, one of the things I hate the most about sports, especially if you're playing 162 games in a regular season. Um, and then half the league gets in. It, it's completely pointless to play that many games. I know Brian will back me up on that one. And as for the universal DH, we've seen uh, pitchers' careers like Jimmy Nelson get ruined by having to run the bases and hit. So I, I hate that. So in all in all, I'm passing that one. I got I to gotta tell timing. you, great timing on that one, too. Alex, you got 60 seconds on the clock. Go. Um, yes, the NFL overtime rule is the worst in every single major sport, and here's why I'm going to tell you why. And I'm going to give you a reason as, as to how you can fix it. So, we, kn- I mean, me and Kyle know because we watched this Illinois versus Penn State, which was voted, I believe, the Sickos Committee Game of the Year, if I remember correctly. Absolutely. As so, it should have been. I love that game so much. The NFL can fix overtime very easily if they just do one thing. They make it one 10-minute quarter, and then they just keep playing until it, until it is over. Or you just do what you do usually is you just give each team a possession. And if they don't, like if they get it the first time, you score, you get an extra point, you're good. And then if you get it the second time, if you lose the coin toss, maybe like make them have to do like a two-point conversion or something if you're worried about the games lasting too long, which I know NFL is very, very big on losing viewers, kind of like how baseball is, because baseball is a very long sport, and I know me and Kyle both like baseball, so it's a big thing. The NFL just has to make overtime just way easier and way simpler than it is by not making a bunch of other people pissed off about it. It's just that simple. Great timing on that one as well. And just to reiterate for you gentlemen, you don't have to stop once the timer goes off. You just got to 
Say your piece and be done with it. Wrap it, wrap it up. My got, soapbox has been closed. We got other things we want to talk about. Brian, you got 60 seconds on the clock. Go. Uh, I'm shooting this one. Uh, the NFL overtime rules are worse than the MLB rule changes, but I got to say it's not by much. I got to be honest. Like, I'll give that concession to Kyle. Uh, in terms of I agree. MLB rule changes, the one thing that really drags it almost to the epitome of how bad NFL overtime rules are is the expanded playoff format. And you know what league proved that expanding playoffs are not necessary? The NBA. The NFL. Oh. The NFL proved it. Now, the NBA does need to pare down its, its – uh, excuse me, it's playoff field. Half the league making it in an 82-game season doesn't make any sense. But once again, if you expand the MLB playoffs, there's no reason to play 162 games. Pair it down to maybe 82 or 100 type range if you're just going to have half the league get in. Uh, but the NFL overtime rule is beyond, just beyond terrible. Like, I get the whole viewership thing, and, and I get that argument, but to have a great quarterback matchup be ended like that, uh, it's, it's a real travesty. So I feel like in terms of, you know, getting an NFL rule system type thing down here in terms of overtime. Don't have it exactly like college football. Just have each team start at the 25, no kickoff, and then just work from there. Exactly. I like it. Sounds good. All right. So normally when we do pass or shoot, we will have three takes. Unfortunately, today we are doing two. We did have three great ones to talk about. Next time we play pass or shoot, we'll add in the extra one. Uh, but since we've been talking so much football today, I'm going to transition a little bit. And we're going to look at hockey. Uh, is the Eastern Conference playoff field, or the Eastern Co Conference playoff field, is a wide margin right now in between the uh, second wild card spot and the outside looking in at eight points, and that uh, I believe that Flames team, or I'm sorry, Red Wings team, looking from the outside looking in, is eight points behind with four games in advance. So guys, I gotta ask you right now: Is the Eastern Conference playoff bracket set right now? Uh, order, I want to hear this go in. I want to hear Brian, Kyle, and then Alex. Before you start the timer, I want to ask a question. Go for it. So are you asking about the field, like the amount of teams are set, or are you talking about like teams moving up so and I'm down? I'm just saying like, right now, are, are you oh, yeah. shooting on the yeah. chance that these play out, the eight teams in the Eastern Conference are set where they are? They can move, okay. but just the teams that are in the playoffs, are you taking it or are you passing it? Brian, you got 60 seconds on the clock. Uh, this is Ovechkin at the top of the left circle. Uh, this is an absolute shoot. Uh, if it was a different question in the sense of, you know, like, oh, will these matchups move around, which I think they could. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if Toronto and Boston switch up. I wouldn't be surprised if, like, Washington overtakes the Rangers spot uh, in their field or if Carolina moves up over Pittsburgh. Like, there, there are plenty of – there's plenty of movement going on in the East, I think, that can happen. But – uh, the Red Wings, I would love for them to make the playoffs. I will take a Red Wings playoff team over a Boston playoff team any single day of the week. But um, unfortunately, it's, it's just going to be these eight teams, which is Carolina, Pittsburgh, Washington, uh, New York, Toronto, Tampa Bay, Boston, and Florida, that being the New York Rangers. The Islanders are way out of it at this point, which I thought might have had a chance at the Stanley Cup final, but not to be. Um, so that's pretty much my piece on it. In terms of favorite coming out of this conference, I think you got to look at the uh, – Tampa Bay Lightning. So I think the eight teams are set. And with time to spare. Yeah. Uh, I believe I said, what did I say Kyle next? All right, Kyle, what do you got? 60 seconds. I'm going to do my own little analogy. Uh, I'm a Hawks fan. So this is Alex Debrinket standing in the circle. Nowhere near Ovechkin. But it's, this is Debrinket standing it's in the Kirby circle. Kirby Doc sitting in the faceoff circle. Yeah, this is the opponent of, across from Kirby Doc in the, <laughs> the, the circle. Listen, uh, when you look at the conference standings right now, there's eight teams with a positive goal differential. It's the teams in the playoffs. 
the Red Wings, they're too young. They're not ready yet. You know, Columbus is hilarious. I learned a couple of weeks ago that Boone Jenner is their captain. That is hilarious to me. Uh, I'm going to find it hard to talk for this about for 60 seconds. I'm, the Rangers, uh, it's Pittsburgh, Rangers, uh, the Hurricanes, Panthers, Lightning, Maple Leafs, Caps, and the Bruins. And when you start reading all the teams below them, you're like, yeah, there, there ain't no way. I, I can't imagine a world where Detroit uh, takes them over. They have, uh, they're what, six games behind? Eight, uh, eight games, isn't it? Or it's yeah. eight points behind, eight and, points. They've, and the Bruins have played three less games. So that's too big of a gap for me. I like it. Sounds good. Great timing as well again. Alex, you got 60 seconds on the clock. Yeah, I am. This is like Roman Yossi at the top of the blue line right now on the power play Jesus. for the National Predators. You guys are crazy. We just got a bunch analogies. of analogies this week. But yeah, at I'm least I reached out of my team, you know. Yeah, well, that's not really saying a lot. So anyway, so I, I'm going to say that it stays the same as well. I do want to give a quick shout out to Chris Kreider for getting his 30th goal of the season today, by the way. Plug. So I do the applause button, but I recorded wrong, so there's only one page of soundboard effects. I'm, I'm going to have a lot of trouble uh, with this one as well. Det- there's no way that Detroit picks it up. I think they will be good in about five years. I think they'll make it to an Eastern Conference final within the next five years. They've got a really young team there, don't they? Yeah, especially led by Dylan Larkin, and they got Alex Nedeljkovic, who is their starting goaltender as well. So he's been having a pretty solid year with Detroit after getting absolutely stabbed in the back by the Carolina Hurricanes after that last year. But yeah, I also had the Islanders as a playoff team going into this season as well, and they've just fallen off the face of the earth. And I know they've had a lot of COVID issues as well, but yeah, it stays the same here as well, and I can't really see it changing whatsoever. Time to spare. Maybe 60 seconds is too long for you guys. No mention of Lucas Raymond or Mo Sider in your Red Wings breakdown. For shame. For shame. I said the two top players came to mind. For shame, Alex. And I said the only ones that came to mind because I watched the Predators absolutely demolish the Red Wings. I'm going to banish you to Detroit and make you watch Red Wings games. My mom went to college in Detroit for two years. Hey, hey, hey. Not fighting. uh, Penalties over. Period's over. We're moving on to period three. Depth chart. Uh, we're going to stick with hockey here. And uh, depth chart, we've had it in the past. Alex, this is your first time with depth chart with the show. I'll explain oh, yeah. it for you quick and everybody listening at home. I asked you guys earlier in the week, pick a goaltender. That's our position this week we're paying attention to. I want you to study him. I want you to learn about him. I want you to figure out what he did the past week to make him your depth chart leader. I understand all three of you have picked differently. I want my speaking order very precise. Alex, I want you to go first. I know you got some good stuff. Uh, Kyle, you can go second. And Brian, I'll save the best for last. Uh, We're we're gonna keep this onto a timer as well. I like the timer idea. I know everybody wants to hear their favorite game at the end. Uh, So we'll make it uh, 90 seconds to say your piece. You think that's enough, Alex? I think that's good enough for me. You think that's good? All right, you got 90 seconds on the clock. All right, so the goaltender that I chose this week was UC Saros of the Nashville Predators. He has been absolutely unreal for the Predators, and I will be the first to admit that I was a bit skeptical of him coming in and being the starter after Pecorine hung up the pads last season. I didn't think that he had the size as an NHL goaltender. He's 5'11", which is still like above the average height for a male, but he's small for a goaltender, especially with Pecorine, who's 6'3", but this season for UC Saros... The Preds stand 26-14-3, and three, I believe, third place in the Central Division in the NHL. So UC Saros this year, 22-11-0, a 2-3-8 goals against average, 9-2-5 save percentage, which is up there in the lead in the NHL, and two shutouts. He is first in the NHL in save percentage. Right behind him is Vas- Andre Vasilevsky of the Tampa Bay Lightning. I don't know if any of you had said anything about him yet. But, yeah, he's... Your stat is wrong. 
Yeah, your stat is very wrong. Which, which stat did I have wrong? Save percentage. Save percentage. I'm going off of what I saw right here. You sorted it by games played. Oh, I did sort it by games played. I'm sorry. That's my bad. So, anyway, he's still having an unreal year. That's yeah. my bad. Yeah. That's my bad totally. But he has been such a staple for this Nashville Predators team who I did not think had a cha- had a chance of making the playoffs this year either. I mean, I you bunch of you guys made fun of me when we started talking to each other that, like last semester saying or I think I did, what, I did six? very jokingly say the Hawks were going to make the playoffs instead of the Predators. Yeah, but I, I UC Soros has been unreal for this Nashville Predators squad. Um Nashville owns the league lead in w- winning percentage in one goal games is seven eight six win percentage. He has been such a valuable asset. He's the Nashville Predators only r- all star, which I'm still kind of mad about because Roman Yossi didn't make it. But he's just been un. I'm, I keep using the same word again for UC Soros, but it, it, he's been amazing for this Nashville Predators squad. So I, that's just yeah, that's it. I think he's in the Vesna run. I think he has a chance of finishing top three in the Vesna voting. I don't know if he'll finish first whatsoever. He finished pretty high up there last year as well, but I don't know. I'll send it back to the next person as well here. Interesting. Timer got a little bit delayed there. Might be some audio issues. Will be fixed next show. Anyways, next, uh, Kyle, what do you got? 90 seconds on the clock. Go. I got Jack Campbell. Uh, I know people make fun of the Maple Leafs all the time, and as they should, but Jack Campbell has been absolutely fantastic. A uh, couple rough games uh, as of uh, late, uh, but the, uh, the Michigan native has been fantastic this year. 19-6, uh, 19-6-3 this year. Um, oh, no, that's his career. No, I'm correct. 19-6-3 this year at 2-2-4 goals against average and a 9-2-7 save percentage. Uh, and l- quickly going through his league ranks, uh, he is fourth in goals against. Um, he is fifth in save percentage. What else do we have here? Eighth in wins and third in shutouts this year with four. Listen, Jack Campbell has been a godsend to this Leafs team. Uh, and I, like I said earlier, they make f- people make fun of the Leafs. Uh, a lot of the, their poor play in the playoffs – uh, it's been well documented that uh, Austin Matthews and Mitch Marner have not been great in the playoffs. But it also starts with the goalie. The goalies have been poor. And if Jack Campbell can muster out a 9-2-7 save percentage in the in the playoffs, I think the Leafs get by the first round this year. So I, I don't know if I have really anything, anything else to say. I, maybe it's not fair to take stuff away from uh, some of the other goalies that have been good this year. But uh, Jack Campbell has stood out on a Leafs team where he shouldn't have stood out. So that's that's my two cents. Um. Yeah, that's all I got. Not not filling out the time this time. All right. Fair enough. That is perfectly fine. Uh, Ryan, would you like to finish this off? Ninety seconds on the clock. Yeah. Uh. So I'm tempted to talk about the Minnesota Wild goaltender Capo Kakinen, but I'm not going to. Shout out to him and his tear that he's been on. But man, uh, Igor Shesterkin has been the best goalie in the NHL in terms of all season. UC Saros has caught fire recently. I would call probably UC Saros the best goalie of the last month or so. Uh, and then Jack Campbell has been really consistent for a Leafs team that's been looking for consistent goaltending into the playoffs. So maybe he can be their guy to come up with big saves and say timely saves and you know win them games. And in terms of a goalie winning them, winning their franchise games in the regular season, it's got to be Igor Shesterkin. He is first in goals saved above expected, which is a kind of an advanced stat. It's kind of a basic advanced stat, but whatever. Uh, he is first in save percentage, so that kind of backs up his save percentage. Save percentage can be a flawed stat if you're just getting a bunch of pucks to the chest, but. He's making a bunch of big saves. He's number one in goal saved above expected per 60. Uh, he's number one in save percentage on unblocked shots. Like, this guy leads in every advanced goalie statistical category that really matters. Uh, this guy is going to finish verse first in Vesna voting when it's all said and done. 
it's really tough to argue anybody else. Uh, Igor Shostirkin is probably going to win a Vesna this year. And in the shadow of Henrik Lundqvist leaving, King Henrik Lundqvist, who is going to have his jersey retired sometime this week. I mean, what a, what a torch passing to hand it to Igor Shostirkin. And maybe uh, Shostirkin can do something that the teams in front of uh, Lundqvist couldn't do. And I say teams in front of Lundqvist couldn't do because Lundqvist did everything that he could when he was on the Rangers to try and win them a Stanley Cup. And maybe the Rangers are more dangerous than people like me gave him credit for heading into this year. Uh, you've got a really talented forward in Artemi Panarin. Or Panarin, is it? It's Panarin. Pan it's Panarin. Panarin. And then Adam Fox on defense. And you've got a stalwart in that. And Igor Shostirkin. The Rangers are dangerous. And a Chris Kreider. A big part of <laughs> Chris He's Kreider. scoring, so it's it got to get credit. A big part of that is because of Igor Shostirkin in between the pipes. And the Rangers are a top contender in the Eastern Conference because of it. And he's going to win the Vesna. Surprised you didn't say Mika. Surprised you didn't say anything about Mika Zabanajad there, right? I gotta give you all credit oh, for sticking on. under timer. Uh, I believe that wraps up here. I guess that does wrap up period number three. We're gonna take it into overtime to decide who the winner of today's episode is. Everybody's favorite game. Who the puck is that? Returning seems like infinite champ. Brian Mose sitting across from me at the table. Uh, as I'm talking right now, we do have a new little uh, system as to how we'll be doing buzzers as audio sometimes works weird. So we found this little uh, game app uh, that uh, allows me to throw everybody in here and give everybody a buzzer on their phone. It looks like I got iPhone, which is Alex, or iPhone, which is Kyle. I got Alex's cellular device. Thanks, Mom. And uh, here comes Angela's iPhone. Angela's <laughs> iPhone popping in from Brian Mose. Kaya looks so excited over there just to lose by four points. Dude, listen, I'm, I'm feeling good. I got Alex to take away some of the NBA questions, hopefully. Um, and ma maybe that is not going to happen. I'm an NBA history guy. Not this, a, like, this, cup, guy. this cup is staying here listen, at this side so of the table. My main goal of today is that Brian leaves without the cup. It could be in me and Alex's hand. I don't care. That's the goal. That's the Team goal. Up. Obviously, what we're doing here. Like always, we got first person to seven points. We're playing who the puck is that. I'm going to give the boys hints. Uh, everybody has their phone in hand. They press their name is how they buzz in. It lets me know who goes first, and I will say, uh, looks like Kyle here is trying to uh, Listen, buzz. I was, I was trying to turn my brightness up, and I just clicked the screen. All right, fair enough. Fair Cheater. Enough. So Cheater. my phone will tell me who clicks in first. Stop the count. And uh, we'll get it all settled for everybody. Stop. <laughs> I literally said earlier in the show, I'm not trying to get I political. Think, uh, <laughs> Alex should start with negative one point for that one. But uh, everybody will stay at zero. Stop the count is funny. For first person to seven will be our winner for today. Let's get into it. Established in 1960. This team wears three different blues. This team has won five Super Bowl championships. Resident I, I, Brian. Dallas Cowboys. Dallas Cowboys is correct. Mm -hmm. Brian hopping on the board with point number one. What in the world? I, I just instinctively. Five different blues. No, three different blues, blues. five oh. different championships. That technically yeah. could have been the three Titans, too. Now, now that I'm thinking about it, the said, Titans were a lot If you said no blue. championship since the VCR wasn't the main oh way to take God. in a movie, I would have gotten Alex, it. be quiet. On to the next one. Roger Staubach would throw a football through your skull. Attended UCLA. First round pick in 2008. Has played for four different teams. 
2017 NBA MVP. Where's a big Brian buzzing Russell in? Westbrook. Russell Westbrook. Russell Westbrook. I got Kyle, I'm sorry. Correct. It's all right. I'm not expecting anyone to top of him. Man, UCLA has produced some interesting talent recently. Zach Levine, Kevin Love. Lonzo Ball. Lonzo Ball, Russell Westbrook. That's who I was stuck on, and then you said MVP, and I was like, nope. (laughs) Ain't no way. There's no way Lonzo was drafted in 2008. Maybe it's Peyton Watson coming up. He's he's literally the sixth man on UCLA, and he's projected lottery pick, so that's pretty funny to me. On On to the next question. Established in 1969. Nice. My father. (laughs) (laughs) Has two different stadiums. Sorry, has had two different stadiums. Okay, I was going to say. Wait a second. Owners got some big money. This MLB team has won two World Series titles. Interesting. Their nickname is the Blue Crew and Boys in Blue. Brian? Twins? Damn. Incorrect. Alex. Is it the Kansas City Royals? Yeah, there you go. Also adding some fun little, little incorrect. Why did incorrect I say buzzers. why did I say the twins for nineteen sixty nine? Shout shout out to uh ninety three seven the ticket back in my hometown of Lincoln, Nebraska for giving me a lot of tickets to their games and shout out to Alex Gordon as well. All right, no more talking in between in between questions. <laughs> What's the score, Julian? Brian, you are winning two with two points. Alex has one and Kyle has got a fat donut on his screen. What's new, boys? Per usual. <laughs> Made his debut on August 10th, 2011. Mm, interesting. Mm. One of my cousins, probably. <laughs> Has won one World Series. Mm. Four-time Silver Slugger and five-time Golden Glove winner. Interesting. Has only ever played for one team. Very interesting. Kyle? I don't. I didn't click anything. I'm aware. I'm oh. just... <laughs> He sits behind the dish. Kyle. Is it Buster Posey? Incorrect. Unfortunate. He doesn't sit there anymore. He's retired. Well. Plays for the Kansas City Royals. God darn it. Brian, you bugged Salvador Perez. Should have waited. Big ol' Salvi. We sticking with the Royals theme today? I'm kind of liking it. Is the next question going to be about Bobby Witt? They did just get new uniforms. They did. Made his debut on September 17th, 1995. Mm, (laughs) Old-timer. Became a head coach in 2015. Head coach or is this a baseball – is it manager or head coach? You need to wait. Okay. Yeah, come on, Alex. not how this game works, you plebeian. (laughs) Played for the – sorry, Alex. You know what? I'll correct myself. Became a coach in 2015. Played for the Rockies, Marlins, Dodgers, Diamondbacks, and the Brewers. Has won two World Series. 2015, eh? Can often catch him standing on a step wearing blue and gold. This is some brewer. Brian. Is it Chris Council? Greg Council. Uh, that doesn't Incorrect. Count. Yeah. Manager for the Brewers, Kyle. It's Craig Council. God I, damn I, it! I feel bad for Brian. Uh, I said Chris. <laughs> I should have known that the uh, two World right Series was Craig Council. Right when I two World right when I said experience. it. On to the next one. Drafted in 1979. That's an old timer. <laughs> oh, we got a couple old timers on the show uh, today. Beautiful. Has played for the cheat. I didn't mean. I didn't mean to hit that. I'm sorry. It's all good. That's fine. That's fine. I'll That's allow fine. it. 
has played for the Chiefs and the 49ers. He's got four Super Bowl rings on his finger, Brian. Joe Montana. Joe Montana oh, is. Good work. It's because you backselled the career Correct. team. That's why I paused for a second. Yeah, because he played with the Chiefs for like the final. Sneaky, sneaky, backselling the fucking team. My dad's listening to this. He's going to be Alex disappointed. Alex has one and Kyle has one. Brian's slowly sneaking away here with a lead. I would, let's pump the brakes a little bit. You're going to win. War number 20. 1997 MVP. Mm. Alex. Gary Payton. <laughs> Gary Payton. Gary Payton. <laughs> rip, rip, rips that one off the bat. Seattle Went to Super Oklahoma Super State. Cowboy. Brian. Barry Sanders. Wow. Oh, played. Number 21 on Oklahoma State. Did Gary Payton win an MVP ever? Mm, no. <laughs> no. No idea. <laughs> what is that? Five, one and five, two, and one now? Five to one to one. Oh, I thought I you had two. No. Nope. Absolutely not. We suck. <laughs> yeah, it's from Brantford, Canada. Okay. This is a basketball player. Played for four different professional teams. Professional. Okay. He went undrafted. Oh, here we go. One of these guys, high and mighty, won three gold medals in the Canadian Cup. Jesse Owens. Oh, it's the Canadian. I I hate myself. <laughs> You said professional athlete. You you know, here, here's what's happening, Kyle. Uh, First ever point deduction. You yeah, didn't, didn't buzz, buzz in. in. I'm used to the old format. Zero. Oh well. Oof. I, I'm sorry for this, Kyle, but I'm gonna, I'm gonna <laughs> have to give you a big fat donut back right. to zero. We weren't winning anyway. So Kyle, you can't answer anymore. Don't call unless, it a unless comeback. Unless Alex and uh, Brian both get this incorrect, Un you can no longer unlikely. answer. Once said, you miss a hundred percent of the shots you don't take. Brian. Fuck. Five. Four. Just, just don't, don't tease me. Wayne Gretzky. Michael Scott. I feel like I should get half a point there for. Wh where'd you say he was from? Brantford, Canada. I feel like my, Canada. I feel like yeah, my click isn't ringing in fast enough. It just rung in pretty quick. This F sucks. Mickey Mouse win. <laughs> You're gonna say that every time. I know. I Brian is one point away from winning. Touchdown. I like the old method better. Touchdown. Yeah, me too. I like I like burning it up better. You guys have a button in front of you. That it doesn't make a noise though. <laughs> just <laughs> tap the button. Yeah, I know. Just tap I'm, the button. I'm just joking. Either of right, you guys are like winning anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Born in Cairo, Georgia, in 1919. What? <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> National League one. MVP in 1949. 1947 Rookie of the Year. Mm -hmm. Played for the Brooklyn Dodgers. Kyle. It's Jackie Robinson. That 47 sounded awesome. familiar, dude. That's awesome. That is correct. I, good job. Cairo, Georgia. That's a good one. Yeah. That is a You're good one. I thought you were about to say Egypt, and I was like, how the mm. hell am I supposed to know this? It's a cricket player, man. Established <laughs> in the year of 2000. Oh, wait. No, go ahead. Green, red, gold, and wheat are their colors. What was that again? Green, red, gold, and wheat. Wheat? What color is wheat? Yellow. <laughs> <laughs> Yellow. While being a 21-year-old team, they really haven't done anything. 
team was announced in 1997. When going to one of their games, you could say Nordy is the big guy on campus. Alex. Is it the Minnesota Wild? Minnesota Wild is correct. Wheat. Wheat. On on the specification of what colors they wear. Oh, no, I know. I just think it's stupid. Wheat yellow. I just think it's stupid. Whatever. I forgot. First round, third overall in 1984. I thought just for a thing, I thought that last question was going to be the XFL. I thought it was going to be the XFL. I was going to say established then. It's Michael Jordan. Michael Jordan's correct. (laughs) Kyle taking advantage. What was the first question again on that? It was first round, third overall in 1984. Oh, well, I'm I'm glad you didn't hear that. (laughs) I I had to think about it. Kyle's watched the last dance 25 times. Silence. Just once. Made his MLB debut on April 2nd, 2001. Old timer. <laughs> it was post 9/11 or no pre 9/11. Oh my uh, god. Old timer. 2001 AL MVP. Who's a rookie MVP? Wow, impressive. 2001 AL Rookie of the Year. Well, I would assume so. <laughs> <laughs> Played for the Mariners for a total of 12 years. Alex Ken Griffey Jr. Is incorrect. Kyle. It's Ichiro Suzuki. Two thousand one. Come on, hey, Alex. Hey, hey. This button up sucks. <laughs> when was Griffey drafted? Griffey was drafted 90, in the nineties. Is he ninety eight? Yeah. yeah. Ninety eight. Oh, 97. that's my bet. Because when Griffey was drafted, they were fu- they were blue and yeah, that's right. My bad. You know, it was funny. The lol. The, the next hint for that was uh, from the same town as uh, Mr. Miyagi. Oh. That would have interesting. It. Yeah, it would have been funny. Maybe All right, on to the next one. Drafted in 2003, first overall. Alex. LeBron James. LeBron James. Nerd. Incorrect. What? Wow. Not NBA, huh? Has played for three different teams. Mm. Heat, Cavs, Lakers. <laughs> Alex, it's clearly wrong. <laughs> Not LeBron. <laughs> Played in the Metro, West, and East divisions. Who was drafted in 2000? Key question. <gasps> oh, I know who it is. Currently wears number 29. Kyle. Is this Sidney Crosby? No. 29. Sidney Crosby wear number 29. I was Ryan, too you focused are the on last the first on the board, So if you'd like, you can wait for the rest of the questions. Yeah, just wait said. for the rest of the yeah. questions. He's from Canada. Well, <laughs> and he plays for the Blackhawks. Yeah, unfortunate. 29 for the Blackhawks. Oh, Brian. Is that the last question? That was the last question. You have 10 seconds on the board. Nine. Can you stop edging us? Seven. This is also for the win as well. He knows it. It's five, four, three, two, one. Brian? Mark Andre Fleury. Awesome. With that, Brian becomes today's Stanley Cup Cup winner. He's walking away. Did I beat Alex by, by chance? I did beat Alex, didn't I? Even like, even three, with the point deduction. You had three with uh, the point deduction. You beat Alex. You had three points. Because so how many wins wrongs. is that? How you many wins two. is that for me now? Uh, I, I, I don't have it counted, but it's probably about six or seven. Kyle, have you ever beaten him? Yeah, the fir- very first the, time. It was the second right? episode. Second episode. Second episode. Very ver- no, it was the very first time we did it, right? Second one. Second oh. one. I won the first time. You I won almost the beat time. him. Because it was one. It was one to one when Alex came on the show, and then Brian walked away. Two thousand three. First over. Flurry was. What are we looking at for time here? Are we running over? 
We are right at the mark. We're actually going to end on for today. I have a last word since I won the episode. You know, Brian, you won the episode. That is also, we are a quote-unquote game show. So uh, everything will always be tied when it comes to the end of a show. A I show. want I want both their mics muted because this Give is Give a shout-out to us word. on Saturday, Brian. And uh, Saturday. so uh, as of right now, I'm going to go ahead and let Brian have his game-winning piece. My bad, I muted your you mic. You muted my mic too. I want to thank, I want to thank the academy for this win. You know, it it, it was really awesome. Uh, in all seriousness, I do want to thank Kyle and Alex for being on the show. It's always a pleasure to have them on. Thank you so much for hosting, Jules. Really appreciate it. Uh, my prep for this show was very scattered. I had a lot of things come up, and I didn't plan for it well. So hopefully, a better show for me personally uh, next week. Uh, in terms of stuff, looking forward, I'm going to be doing a lot of stuff with KVSC basketball. On Thursday and Friday, high school Thursday, uh, men's and women's basketball on Friday. So if you want to listen, go on KVSC and, you know, get all the details. But the big game, yeah, I muted myself, 88.1 FM, find it on KWB, turn your dial all the way to KWB, KVSC. No, you can, sorry, iHeartRadio, I think KDWB every time I think of iHeartRadio. So anyways, KVSC, the voice of St. Cloud the only K station with Voice of St. Cloud in its name. Uh, Saturday, I'm going to be doing a game with Alex, women's hockey versus Wisconsin, who just came off of a loss against Minnesota. So I think they're going to be pretty peeved. Uh, Yeah, two losses, they got swept. So really excited for all the games that I'm doing this weekend. We'll probably be doing some in-studio stuff with Josh on Friday and Saturday because it's NODAC week. NODAC week is huge. St. Cloud needs a sweep. Boys, we need a sweep so bad. Uh, so big stuff coming up. Uh, really happy to be on the show once again. Really happy to win. Who the puck is that? Uh, so thank you so much for having me, Jules. And uh, it's been a pleasure. I am going to sleep in uh, tonight. You deserve it. I do not have classes. And, man, I have a busy week ahead of me. So pray, mm-hmm. pray for me. You need about 16 hours of sleep at least. Not really, but I will take it. All right, perfect. So we're going to wrap up today's episode. I'd like to thank you all for tuning in, listening to the four weirdest, dumbest guys that have opinions on sports. Again, if you want to search for us, look for a search bar on any social media, type in sports ball, go and puck. If you got any questions for us, got any uh, advice, got any qu- anything you want us to say on the show, some stuff you li- might want us to try, you can contact us on Instagram, Twitter. You can email us at sportsballgo and puckbusiness at gmail.com. And once again, we'd like to say from everybody, thank you for tuning in for a very elongated episode of Sports Ball Go and Puck. Have a great day.